barnacle is a crustacean, so even though it doesn't look like it, it's actually related to things like cr- uh, prawns and crabs and lobsters. So it's a little crustacean, uh, but it's very modified because it's... Um, if people know what barnacles are, they probably have seen them on their boats. That's usually and whale where, bellies. We just had yes, a whale watching photo competition, and the winning yes. one had barnacles all over its belly. Yes. It was fabulous. That's that's right. So um, and and a lot of people think that they belong to the mollusk group, so that they're something like a seashell, but they're actually not. They're they're actually um, crustaceans. And do we know how old they are, how, how long they've been around? They've been around about 400 million years. So they've been around longer than dinosaurs. And, so and they haven't particularly changed that much during that time. So they're very successful animals. Uh, and obviously they've survived the extinction of lots of other things. And um, in fact, at the moment, they're so successful... We talk about this as the age of the barnacle because there's so many barnacles around. So if you went to any rocky shore, you'd see lots of barnacles uh, and and it's the age of the barnacle. Do we know why? I think because they're they're evolving uh, and they found very good strategies of, of... as I said, living for a long time. And, so and they, sticking they, to stuff. Sticking to stuff. And their glue, I think their glue is one of the reasons that they're so... Uh, successful and important. Now tell us why they're important because this is just uh, why scientists are so interested in this process they have of sticking to things. Well, I guess anybody who has got a boat knows that once you've got a barnacle stuck on your boat, it's very hard to get rid of. And the reason is that when it settles, it actually secretes a glue. And that glue is, um, people have become interested in it because even though the animal might be dead, that glue keeps that animal's shell intact there for an awfully long period of time afterwards. And uh, initially space scientists became interested in this glue. Uh, and because it was, it, it just stuck so well. Because if you want to stick a, a spaceship together, you need a, a a, a good glue. Um, they found that barnacle glue, you can heat it up to tremendous heats or freeze it down and it still retains its, its qualities. And so if you're, you know, a spaceship has to go through lots of extremes of heat and, and, and cooling. Uh, and then after that, uh, people like dentists and... Yes, dentists. Why would a, a dentist be they interested? They became interested because when a barnacle settles down, when the larva, it has larval stages, and the, when the larvae settles down onto, a, say, a rock and, and secretes this, this cement, it's doing it underwater. And, of course, your mouth is damp. And so it's a glue that sets underwater. And so if you thought of putting an implant of a tooth into your mouth you'd have a glue that could set with the saliva in your, in your mouth and um, it, would, it would be a great way of sticking a tooth in your mouth. Fascinating, isn't it? Is it, is. It, is, is it um, I mean, they seem such a sort of simple creature. Were they finding it easy to replicate the glue? The glue? No, that's um, really quite interesting for such a, a simple creature. It's only recently that people have begun to really work out the content of, of, of what it's made of, different proteins and um, sugars and things like this. And literally last year, people began to realise that the glue, why, um, how, how it sticks, why it sticks and how it sticks, and it's, it acts a bit like when, you're, when you scratch yourself and your blood clots and you form a scab, 
the processes that happen in that are actually what's happening with this barnacle glue. So when, when the blood cells come out of a wound, there are certain enzymes that it triggers off enzymes um, which then make the blood cells have lots of little threads that join them all together and that's what causes basically the scab on your skin. How and fascinating. Aren't they clever? A similar process. Apparently. So now they know how, can they, will they be able to make it or is that another process altogether? That's probably another process, but um, they've just cracked this problem that it's in fact rather like blood clotting, or very like blood clotting. And in fact, they've even found that some of the enzymes involved are very similar to the enzymes involved in blood clotting. Isn't that amazing? And actually quite. I've got one here, a picture of one here and a couple of sitting me in, in, in front of me in a jar. And I'll just tell you because obviously you can't see it, although I'm trying to angle them towards the webcam if you're having a look. <laughs> but this one is, is quite gloriously pretty and it's obviously a bit of a close-up, but it looks like the Sydney Opera House. And that's what it's called? We call it the Sydney Opera House Barnacle. <laughs> and it's, um, and it's, it's been voted, you were saying, one of the new, the 10 best species, new species? Yes, there was a competition and um, th th there were 10 new species that had been described were chosen um, and our barnacle was one of them. And there's been a competition where people vote for the best new species uh, in Australia. So we're hoping... Uh, voting finished on the 31st of August, so we're hoping that we might win. We're, With your but we've got steep, we've got stiff opposition. There's what one, are you up against? There's one that's called Steve Irwin I, which I think. Oh, now that's just tugging <laughs> at the heartstrings. I think yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a low blow. Goodness me. Well, I think the Sydney Opera House Barnacle is very gorgeous and deserves a, a win. So I encourage you all to leap on the web. <laughs> Put a tick. Why is it called the Darwin Barnacle? Quickly. Uh, Charles Darwin studied barnacles when he was on the Beagle um, going around the world. He found barnacles. He saw that they had such a wide range of shapes and sizes and lived in so many different places and habitats. And so he made a big study of them and published four enormous books on them. He, he, he spent eight years studying, studying them. barnacles. And his work is, is the... Um, the work that everybody uses. And last year was the bicentenary of his birth. And so at the museum, we produced a special volume of new, new species that we described. And we called that one Calantica darwini. That's its, that's its scientific name. And that's the first species that's described in this um, volume of new species to commemorate Charles Darwin. And How it's fitting fantastic. that it was barnacle, that the first one. Well, I'm looking at them, all, you know, but no, as soon as you said crustaceans, I thought, can we eat them? Are they yes, delicious? Yes. <laughs> Some some are edible. There are there there's actually an industry in America for and and in um, Europe, in the Mediterranean. So you can eat them. They Excellent. Can be used as fertilisers. They're, they're amazing animals. They are an amazing <laughs> creature, and it is fantastic to talk to you today about them. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Wonderful to meet you. And if you want to hear more about the, the barnacle, it is really an incredible creature. <laughs> you can hear Diana's lecture this Friday at 6pm at the WA Maritime Museum, Victoria Key Fremantle, and in Geraldton on September the 23rd and 24th. That's part of the Harry Butler Lectures series. And the website is www.museum.wa.gov.au. You can go to the What's On section and find out some more details. Lovely to meet you, Diana. Thank you.